ಸಹನಾವತು ಸಹನೌಭುನಕ್ತು ಸಹವೀರ್ಯಂ ಕರವಾವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವಧೀತಮಸ್ತು ಮಾ ವಿದ್ವಿಷಾವಹೈ ಶಾಂತಿ 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 ಗುಡ್ ಮಾರ್ನಿಂಗ್ ಗುಡ್ ಆಫ್ಟರ್ನೂನ್ ಗುಡ್ ಈವ್ನಿಂಗ್ ಎವ್ರಿವನ್ ಸೊ ಜಸ್ಟ್ ಅ ಕ್ವಿಕ್ ರೀಕ್ಯಾಪ್ ವಾಟ್ ವಿ ಡಿಡ್ ಲಾಸ್ಟ್ ವೀಕ್ ವಿ ಫೋಕಸ್ಡ್ ಆನ್ ಶ್ಲೋಕಾಸ್ ಫಿಫ್ಟಿ ಸೆವೆನ್ ಅಂಡ್ ಫಿಫ್ಟಿ ಏಟ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ಚಾಪ್ಟರ್ ಟು ಲಾಸ್ಟ್ ವೀಕ್ and i made a few notes from what uh, we uh, discussed maybe i'll just quickly go through it and basically you know kick off the discussions based on that so in uh, 257 and 258 we are continuing to discuss the characteristics of sthita pragya someone who is established in that knowledge that i am brahman and we kind of took a deviation into our favorite topic of whether uh, who is a guru how can we get a guru what do we need to do to to do to uh, get a guru and things like that um so but basically we started off by saying okay hey you know you can only give up only what we want and that part that we have appropriated for oneself basically where we assume that this is who we are that's the ego sense is only that's the only thing that we can give up the body the mind and anything else that we think that we own is not actually owned by us that's that's a, that is a very beautiful discussion and something that that's to reflect quite a bit because uh, we are talking about uh, uh, giving up only what we own and then there is this question about uh, what will happen uh, when a person is astita pragya and there was this discussion which said that sthita pragna is that person when he is fully established in that state there are no more desires he is like a burnt seed he looks like a seed it it may look like a seed but it is roasted that means it cannot give any more fruits or trees coming out of out of that particular seed likewise sthita pragna is someone who has no more desires when no there are no more desires no actions drive that particular person then we then we talked about uh, a definition i think uh, alpana you mentioned this maybe i got it wrong uh, what exactly does desireless mean it means krita krityata nyatavyata and i think that the last one i wrote it down as pratavyata i did not know what it meant maybe i would need you to please correct me what what it means uh then there was also another talk about uh, you know there at some shlokas krishna considers man as an actor and now he's considering as an experiencer what exactly does that mean how do we resolve resolve that we discussed that uh then uh, there was there's an interesting comment that you know shlokas 55 to 58 if we read them in the reverse as a four step process then it's much more easier for us to understand what are the various steps that you can go to so 55 is the topmost where he defines how sthita pragna is and then he goes krishna goes down to one level one level one level 
And then when you read it in the reverse, it makes, as a practice, it makes us to understand what the practice is from, you know, 58, 57, 56, and 55. That is a very beautiful insight. I'd never read uh, Gita Shlokas in that fashion. Um, yeah. So then uh, we talked about how do you know if we, how do we know if who is realized person? Then uh, I think there was a lot of uh, discussion on that as well. And then finally we navigated into talking about our favorite topic about how uh, gurus are, who, um, who is a guru and uh, you know, how normally people view from our own uh, biased perspective and what a guru is and what a guru is not and how in reality they are different. And that's something that we uh, discussed. I think uh, somebody mentioned, maybe it was Sri who mentioned about, you know, anything can be a guru. And he talked about the 24 teachers of the Tatriya and saying that a guru need not be one person as in a person, it could be anything. And we, uh, we discussed that. And the thing that I liked the most was wind teaches you not to be attached at all. And that is a very beautiful thing that, uh, that, that, that uh, I, I, uh, I picked from, from the particular discussion. Uh, then uh, the favorite example from the book about how uh, the example of tortoise, how, how the tortoise can um, um, take uh, pull its arms itself, inside itself to protect itself from external danger. How does a sita prajna pull his antennas inside so that he's not impacted by the senses, um, the sense objects that are hitting his sense, sense organs? And in that same context, uh, I think... Uh, 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 Shri was mentioning about what would Jesus do now in the current in the current situation that I'm in. Kind of a kind of thinking. We also talked about you know uh, that particular point of time when we are impacted by the sense objects, introducing the pause or root cause analysis, and then trying to trying to um, practice being Sita Pragya. And finally, we are all tracing it down to Ragaha. Bhaya and Kroda. These are the three things that motivate us and we are trying to overcome them by, be, by becoming, by practicing to becoming Stita Pragya. And uh, one, one other important thing was uh, Stita Pragya loses the right to complain. So he does not find fault with anything. He does not have the right to complain anymore. So as long as we are continuing to complain, that's a corollary of it. That means we are on the, on the path to be Stita Pragya. So those are the things that I uh, noted down from uh, last week's GD. Anyone else would like to add anything, please do it. And then we can kick off this particular uh, week's GD. All right. Okay, so uh, so like last week, like every week that we do, you know, anyone can kick off and uh, share your insights on uh, fifty nine. I think we are doing fifty nine, sixty, and sixty one, if I remember right. Right? Yeah, fifty nine, sixty, and sixty one.
if we look at the, the sloka 61 you know uh, it says uh, i mean if you are established in the perfect knowledge who subdue the senses and keep their mind observed in lord krishna you know i mean i mean you no know, first of all i was just thinking i was contemplating and how do we uh, get absorbed in uh, this one uh, i mean a thought of god or any a, a concept of consciousness or a brahman or something like that and how ordinary people will do and how a, i mean a realized soul could uh, achieve this particular feat you know there's a thin line distinction only it is not a i mean major distinction it is just let's say according to advaita it's knowledge you know it's for them it's a knowledge that they get absorbed into that and we are don't have that particular knowledge uh, we are attached to the body and mind and senses now we have theoretical knowledge whereas they have practical knowledge of withdrawing the senses and getting absorbed in bombing i was just thinking you know if uh, if it is vivekananda or mahatma gandhi what i mean how would he i mean how would they would completely absorb themselves in 24 hours on bombing only i mean i mean just i was keenly wondering i mean i mean please help me out on understanding i mean if you have any idea or insight how could they keep this view 24 hours i uh, you know i i remember uh, kishore you and i we went to meet you know meet up with uh, bhumananda tirtha right i remember one thing what bhumananda tirtha was saying at that point of time uh, in that particular uh, thing it's it's not that it's not that uh, someone who is a realized person will always be 24 bar 7 in that particular mode it is not uh, um, it does not happen that like that for for that person as well so they keep whenever at will they'll go dip into that state and they'll come back so at will they can transact they cannot be in that state they can be like a quote and quote normal human being and transact but the knowledge is always there but if they really want to be in that state they can always dip at will that's what he says and to some extent this is the same question arjuna has in 55 right that started this entire discussion uh, as in how does the how does this is the pragna i mean the the verse before that is about i think uh, krishna says um 54 i think says that you all um yeah always in um always established so uh, uh, i think arjuna has the same question which is that hey how does how does this person act in this world then so um my opinion yeah th- th- this is uh, giving that right i mean uh, as rajesh pointed out i mean even the um tortoise example is is a good one because at will it's able to pull things in and and go back into the um and rely on their internal and uh, what do you say what uh, the that they are established in 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 brahman right so so they are able to go at will and pull things out i mean pull things in into them so that they are not affected by what is around them right so given a situation but yeah i don't know if others have any other thoughts on this 
the question is how to get into that state or how do uh, or sorry if you can repeat it mahesh so you're trying to know how do you get Stimous, into that state you know, of the yeah. uh, i mean let's say for an example swami vivekananda is there now no 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 he has established himself uh, uh, there or got absorbed into it okay now from that state he knows he can come out or up or down whatever is there the question is what are the method or this one i mean he used let's say for example knowledge as a base to get established you know there are various ways bhakti or uh, karma yoga or this or that okay now what is differentiating between us and other sages who got established they have knowledge we have knowledge is this a degree of the knowledge which varies or the degree of experience varies or degree of what exactly differs between us and you frozen mahesh I think we lost him. Yeah, we lost him. So, should we wait for him to come back, or uh, yeah, should we? Yeah, maybe yeah. we'll just park that question. Then you know, I think uh, he'll probably come back. Yeah. When when I read the shlokas fifty nine, sixty, and sixty one, I kind of you know got a sense that uh, even a quote unquote uh, person who others may consider as sita pragya, or he himself may consider as sita pragya. um possibly you know gets impacted by those things by the sense objects but uh, he is able to withdraw at will that's how i understood these uh, three right. state three c sentences right. and and what is withdrawal mean right it's not running away and it's yeah. not escaping yeah. but it is um, going deeper uh, into themselves right Correct. um so i think that would be an important one to discuss too what is that you know how what is that metaphor of tortoise actually is trying to convey what is it trying to convey right so um the tortoise in the um in the event of danger or when there is a situation where there is danger it's able to pull everything in but it doesn't and there is no fear in other words but because it's able to pull everything in so in the same way is the sita pragna then able to say okay uh, under these circumstances i'm just going to go inward and uh, not be scared or uh, there is no fear in that situation is that is that what it's trying to convey um or is there something more that we should read into it uh when uh, hi this is vidya morning uh man kishore you talked about uh, are we going to do something more and uh, not to have that fear i thought of uh, um, you know maharaja ambarish's uh, you know um, story uh, and i think uh, my mother explained that when we do ekadashi and the next day ekadashi we are supposed to have um, you know food early in the morning at a proper time 
and ambirisha's so story goes um, one of the munis i forget which uh, rishi was that he comes and because of that raj ambirish yeah, durvasa correct um he was waiting for durvasa and his uh, you know uh, goshti to come and he 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 that muhurt time was going away to eat for the next day that is dwadashi and um, he has tulasi you know uh, water so when durvasa comes back he is so angry and he is you know uh, scolding him and you know saying few things but raja ambarish is uh, sthita pragya at that time so with all that that i think he he's basically able to control all the five senses and because he's able to control all the five senses he is able to get moksha faster um, uh, and he's immersed in all those in krishna or in self as you as you would say so i just thought of that when you said he was not afraid of anything at that moment um uh, i thought that would be nice to share but i don't know whether i could be doing that but i think we are all gearing towards so to answer mahesh's question how do we do that if we think of these uh, you know great stories maybe we can get inspired by these and try to be like how uh, raja ambarish was at that moment yeah it also reminded me of one more thing which is the sense organs we tend to think only of the input right um but it is also the five sense organs of action so um maybe we can extend that to say hey what we say what we do is also very much under control right under 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 these circumstances in the event of an attack or in the event of uh, a, a situation uh, so what we say and what we do right in terms of the sense organs but also be something that's coming from deeper which is the intellect from established in that um uh, in that wisdom so it could also be uh, treated that way yeah i agree with you and 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 also think about it our own journey right you know this is where maybe uh, mahesh uh, since you're back on it uh, we were trying to uh, pass pass the question uh, hold on to the question till you join back i think think about our own experience you know from the days before we knew something called uh, advaita vedanta and trying to understand what is reality and all that to now has our responses to the situations that we normally face has it changed or has it not changed how how do we behave differently today right you know I, if you if you answer that question i think you know you'll probably get an indication as to how our our uh, um Uh, likely future likely is going to be when 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 we follow this particular path because you know uh, the same situation may uh, uh, may kind of you know impact us much lesser these days you know going back to swami peace talk about fir right the uh, yeah. frequency intensity and uh, you know uh, what is it recovery recovery. Reco- recovery time i always keep forgetting the recovery time recovery time so i think at the end of the day you know that's that's the practice that we are doing and my point is you know, if you reflect our own if you reflect on our own uh, self whatever that we consider as uh, us right at this point of time i think we probably would have moved on at least a, at least a small fraction from the past um, uh, what do you call it uh, repeated uh, patterns of our thinking and our responsiveness to a slightly different pattern that's my guess today 
Rajesh, my question is definitely we are moving, but uh, are we moving at the right pace is what at least I keep questioning myself. Is there a better, faster, effective way of doing it with the knowledge that we are acquiring? I guess that's where some practical experience sharing. Uh, like Kishore said, what does withdrawal mean? And what do we anchor it on? And do we anchor it on by reminding ourselves of the knowledge? by literally pulling inwards all the sense organs and not get tempted by it, what would those possible um, triggers that we can give the mind to kind of you know, take a step back and do the right thing, right? So I first point first, I think definitely great progress, whether it is a you know, point not not one percent or whatever that number may be. You feel good about where you are going, the positive momentum. But is there something more to accelerate this? Not not with an intent to accelerate, but the same knowledge can it be used more effectively? So I think uh, what I was thinking was uh, actually if you distance yourself from the body and mind, the Yes, I think it's important about the FIR that we talk about. But if we can separate ourselves, even when the body is reacting, mind is reacting, and we can still see the peace and calmness in that self, that is what Sthita Pragya means. So it's not that you're not even trying to change your behavior, your reaction to it. So, so what happens is when, when, as after the enlightenment, if you're separate from that, it's not that the prarabdha of the body will change because the body, prarabdha gets the body. Body doesn't get the prarabdha. So whatever prarabdha has gotten the body, that will go through. But you are not that person. So you're free of that person. So, so, as a sthita if you're asking, I don't think the person even worries about that I need to withdraw. But it appears that it has withdrawn. So, so I think the definition we are trying to give is from the person who's watching from outside. It appears that the sthita has withdrawn its senses. But from the from the sthita pragya perspective, okay, this body and mind, it likes to eat something, it can continue to eat. It likes sweets, it can continue to eat sweets. It doesn't matter to him. So actually that's, that's the real definition of the sthita pragya, from the sthita pragya perspective. So that is what we can aim to be that actually trying, when we look at even in our career progression, um, when you when you are a flunky, you get worked about about everything. So hence, lot of uh, responsibility is not given to you because you will melt in in that, right? But as you grow, it's not that you change the situations from coming, but you're not perturbed by that, right? So that's growing up in the career. Similarly, it's not that the sthita will try to change the situation that oh, I should not react or things like that. But even when those uncertainties come, it's, it's fine because it's not, it's not coming to him. And I think one big piece is if you can just observe that 
everything is happening within you then it doesn't matter there's nothing other than you right so any there's no change even change happening that if you can have that thought continuously it can so called accelerate there is no acceleration because there's no journey to be made there's no place to go but the more you try to distance yourself from body and mind i think that's a great great tool and that you can do with every experience and so i think i had a question um, when you say you distance yourself from body and mind do you also distance yourself from body and mind and finally intellect yeah that's included in, i mean mind as they say is every all four yes even intellect okay and hence mm-hmm. actually you bring a very good point that it's not possible to do it intellectually it has to be how do i explain that if you have to think about it and draw a logical conclusion you cannot distance you have to just yeah. say i am distance from it mm-hmm. so hence yes distant from the intellect because the moment you bring in intellect then it will go into the causality right effect and cause mm-hmm. yeah and that's the difference that's the difference with uh, uh, there's the nidityasanam where you've absorbed this knowledge rather than it being an intellectual Uh, reality at this point right so it's it's now become in, because they are they have started identifying with the self as i right when they say i they are actually meaning for the most part i as the as the self and they put a distance between them that i and the um, mind and body which is which is uh, driven by the gunas right so so uh, they see that hey they are able to watch it like they're watching a tv show uh, in other other words that it's happening to my mind and body the situation whatever is uh, is not me uh, and i can i can still stay in this place and handle anything uh, no matter what right so they are able to get that level of fearlessness and confidence i would say but very nicely explained uh, yeah thank you so i think uh, one karen karen oh no i was just about to add to that uh, what swami p says as like Uh, always being aware that you for us very easy to relate that we are watching a tv channel there's a good show going on there's a sad show going on we relate we feel happy and sad but we always know that we have a choice to switch off the tv and then uh, walk away from that it looks like the siddha pragnas in that mode like they are watching the tv screen they are rejoicing they are clapping they are crying with a show but they always know that they can switch off i guess that part yeah Yeah, then i'll just add one thing so sthita pragya is not enjoying but because sthita pragya has experienced that the mind of yes, this yes. particular yep. body is enjoying yeah realizes yes. that okay yep, yep, yes yep. actually this person is away from me so why am i who am i grieving for or doing it so might as well then enjoy well, yeah well said alpana so in this case the for the sthita pragya that body is also another character in the whole show it's a tv hey, show hey. <laughs> this particular yeah. character knows that oh, yeah. oh, that person has realized it so okay that person is gone now who am i doing it for i'm just an instrument might as well just have fun <laughs> got it got it but i thought like one one interesting part that like shamla and vidya were asking of how do we make progress towards i thought for the first time like 60 and 61 kind of hinted at the meditation part right like it says um, so so one one part before that is like the sense objects 
pull you and your sense thoughts your mind push you towards that so there is both this push and pull acting against you and then the only way out of that is that like for a, at least a wise person the sense objects will turn away but not your own inclinations your vasanas will still try to yeah. go seek and it says the only way out is if you relish on the supreme it says param uh, and and so you kind of i think the first indication of meditation is there in 60 and 61 uh that it says if you focus on me the supreme then you will be able to stay away yeah uh, good point uh, good point krishna i think i think what it's trying to say uh from what i um understand here is something we discussed last uh, week that you might turn away uh but the desires are still there right yeah. so so uh, internally that the desires are there i might walk away from by saying i'm not going to drink that coffee but then the desires are still inside me so that hasn't gone away you cannot will away the desire right but i can walk away from the coffee willfully but not the desire but so um in in by saying param as in now the desire if the desire can be set to a higher the highest and then those desires can slowly burn away right um and then talks starts to introduce meditation as part of that right so um maybe at this point it's um, in, in these two shlokas at least it's pointing at a at a path yep all of you notice that you know i uh, notice that someone has moved away from wine to coffee now you know <laughs> i i actually quit coffee <laughs> some 6 7 years ago <laughs> so oh. <laughs> <laughs> no actually one more thing i noticed this is the first time uh, i'm noticing this uh, matparaha in 61 so i earlier thought like only in chapter 4 onwards krishna goes into i mode but here that matparaha means on me as supreme so me supreme that that occurs this is where it occurs and i don't think arjuna catches it at this point nor did we <laughs> so far uh, like uh, he always speaks as like oh the rishi said the wise man said this is what the vedas say that is what it goes but uh, it's a very small hint that the supreme is also me so it says 61 says mat parah so on me as supreme if you stay on that then you will be tasya pragnya pratishtita i remember i think it was mukku who mentioned it in one of our gds you know uh, he, i i think he context was slightly different in what he mentioned i don't recall recall the context but the example stuck in my head He said, "Like think about a cow, you know, stuck, you know, tied to a pole, and given a particular grazing ground. You keep grazing within the particular ground. Now you expand that rope, and then it will keep on grazing everywhere. But it is still stuck to the center of that pole, right? And I think at the end of the day, it's anchored to something, and that means it will not still wander away. It will wander away within the particular circumference, circumference with how big that rope is. So if you imagine that a rope is the entire universe that we have, but you are stuck in the Brahman." and then you know you can graze whatever do whatever hell you want to do in that whole space as long as your identity is not there in the body and mind well said beautiful example and and uh, yeah, shamala to uh, other context was uh, just one more comment on that right on the pragnya what i've observed is uh, uh, even when we observe them laughing or crying like as an example that's really an observer's uh, experience from their center there's neither crying there's no other they just established there right so it's really an observer's view of a sita pragna is what the reactions are 
they don't have reactions at all. Uh, that's that's at least my understanding of the Pragya. So just just want to kind of throw that piece. It, it just what we observe is all the reactions are they have yeah. none. Yeah, absolutely. Can you yeah, explain that, that again? Uh, I didn't get it. Sorry. Yeah, what I'm saying is the Tritapragnya himself, from his point of view, his or her, there is no, there is no other, right? They are established in that, they are established in that oneness. So when the crying or when we are sitting in front of them or when we see a Tritapragnya watching a TV or or you know interacting with humans, um, we see reactions, and the reactions is more based on our the, the individual's uh, perception. Uh, so we see them laughing, crying, uh, all that is more our view of it. But from their view, none of this exists. It's a, I mean, it's a little bit of paradoxical understanding, but it's the observer who creates the reality. That's what I'm saying. The observer yeah. who is us, the individual jiva, that creates that reality the, or the existence that the, the even the Siddhapragnya exists, and he's reacting this way. That whole thing is just created by the observer's, uh reality or perception yeah it, it's no, a little subtle yeah yeah and i can I say something this. here Go ahead. yeah in fact uh, you know uh, alpana is the one who forwarded that lord hanuman on uh, uh, this one sri rama's last hanuman alpana was that you uh, uh, hanuman which replied yeah. yeah, Hanuman. Hanuman replied. He says, "While I'm identifying my body, I, myself with uh, my body, I'm your servant. I identify myself with the individual soul. I'm your part. But when I identify yourself, and when he identifies himself as the spirit, he's one, one with you. You know that is the way. I mean, I think this is also one of the example of Tita Pragna." But uh, I was just wondering, you know, I was discussing this with my wife and my son was hearing it. And he said, Dad, Hanuman has got a split personality is what he was telling me. <laughs> just a joke. It's a joke. But I mean, it, it, it needs to be pondered upon, you know, whether we will have, uh, I, mean, I mean, do we have that fear of, uh, you know, having that split personality or where uh, uh, misunderstanding can come? In a way, too, Mahesh. I mean, the Atman has split personality. It has 7 billion personalities doing things. <laughs> Not just 7 billion. Oh, oh the animals and insects. Oh, the... <laughs> you can't count it. No, you said it very well. Actually, I mean, that's the biggest fear that keeps us away from being Satrapragya, that we lose our identity. We want moksha, but as this individual, we don't, leave, we don't let go of that individuality. We want everything but as this being, which will not happen unless you lose this individuality. And that's the, that's the core of it. And that's what I think Hupu was trying to say. You have to lose this individuality to be one with everyone. And then it's all happening within you, right? So then this just, it'll just take away any reactions. And I think even in Shlok 59, you know, where it talks about that, uh, that, that the, that the taste is still there, right? I think that's what it's trying to say, the rust version, even if you uh, withdraw from the, the this thing. But it will go away. Param drishtuva nivartante. So the nivartate. Uh, as soon as you see the param, drishtuva is, after seeing the param, it will go away. So that taste also goes away. 
nothing remains because you don't I mean, there's no duality right so it's just self and and i think yeah, i can repeat those three things so one was krityata which is whatever is to be done i have done it yatavyata whatever is to be known i know it and praptavyata whatever is to be attained i have attained so those are the three words the, the three words that that you were saying right so then there's nothing what can you desire for whom so so all that when that goes away then there is no withdrawing as well from the sith pragya perspective But I think like for us, Thank the you. practical question is how do we keep going towards that, right? Like how do we, yeah. we, we know the, the supreme is the, the supreme goal, but uh, how do we constantly keep going towards that? I think that's where I'm smiling, smiling a little bit that you listen to 200 hours of Swami SPG. <laughs> I can guarantee you cannot think of anything but Brahman. <laughs> Continuously, if you, actually the way you binge watch Netflix, if you can binge here yep. <laughs> spg it just just completely keeps bringing you back to brahman or if you just listen to his um lectures on that mandukya along with the karikas only thing you can think of is brahman and that's one tip if anybody wants to try true, true absolutely true correct yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, alpana ji one more question you know when you are talking about prob uh, uh, what is that karma prabadha what karma please <laughs> Uh, because of sthita pragna i mean this karma will be going off uh, what is the prarabdha karma right now the question is i mean pra- this prarabdha karma is for this particular body okay but for other bodies as well there could be other prarabdha karmas now once being established in sthita pragna what are the chances of he reborning again to cr- clear up the old prarabdha karmas i mean just this may not be in this context but i'm just thinking that question so so actually prarabdh will all be exhausted that is when your body will drop it doesn't drop unless the prarabdhs are so even though you may be enlightened that is why we have these people who are called the jeevan mukta and good for us because they can tell us then what how to get it etc etc but the body will go through the prarabdh and it will finish off all the prarabdh that is that it has with anybody else but then there are sanchit karmas right uh, which are burnt but then what about the karmas which are accumulated during this lifetime because they are not yet sanchit karma which are burned they are not all of them are the part of the prarabdha or what we will fructify this and those are the ones which are distributed between the believers and non believers or people who are good to you and bad to you from their perspective so apparently they get distributed in them and that's why we shouldn't talk ill about anybody just in case they get enlightened we'll get their bad karmas so they'll all rectify through us and the good karmas if uh, if we you know that's why people are usually quite uh, either you need to be neutral towards all the saints uh, you know which are close to enlightenment or at least not talk ill about them so they are distributed between them because this law of karma in the causation has to work in the maya but from the sthitpragya perspective actually they don't even go through the prarabdha because the body is going through the prarabdha not them so to them it doesn't appear maybe it's time so to pick up vivek's question at here vivek which which you posted in the in the chat right 
it's uh, that is a related question to what uh, we are discussing here Um, do you want me to preface that? Yes, please. Okay. So, uh, no, very simply, I mean, you know, I've been, so I'm a little bit behind in the book, to be honest. Uh, so, so I'm not, you know, the terminology is not jiving with me, but I was just thinking in that, in mixing a few different things. I mean, I've been uh, listening to Swami Sarvapiyananda's uh, Paroksha Anubhuti series so that goes back a while but and i, I recently read uh, some of the books that he referenced so he was talking about how you know um non-dual vedanta or, or advaita vedanta uh, actually is consistent with even atheism not only others other religions but even atheism and he quoted some of these authors uh saying uh, uh you know there is there is no uh, uh, basically there's no real big plan there's no god up there who's making uh, you know deciding who gets what so exactly the opposite of what or i think uh, uh, what to say alpna just said that there is nobody who's actually deciding who gets what and i my question came up in the sense of uh, you know hey uh, sanskara is jumping from one bird to the next um so that in a way in my mind at least i'm looking for an explanation I'm not looking to challenge anything but really an explanation as to why it should uh, why that should happen i guess i get it that you know when we talk about uh, the, the 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 witness of witness con consciousness as being the ultimate reality um or the only reality that that makes sense because and and you know swami sarvapi ananda also says this in many ways that it it helps in understanding that's that's the viveka that's the knowledge uh, that who we really are who we not who we think we are or not uh, is i mean what we think what or who we think we are we are not what we are is this part of this witness consciousness or basically that witness consciousness so in order for these karmas or 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 uh, sanskaras to leap from one to the other there is uh, it is not random it is very specific and and the way alpna has been decide uh, describing how uh, you know how how karmas are allocated for people who are getting moksha that that's very specific so i was just thinking in my mind that that you know somebody is actually planning this out or something or a force or an energy or a consciousness then it's it can't be still uh number one number two uh, you know um there is something that is moving in that within that witness consciousness um so maybe there is there is a point of non duality within that i, I don't know whether this is clear but it was just just a thought that came to my mind also i mean i'll, I'll relate it to another related thing is uh, he draws a distinction which he explained and i thought i understood it but i'm not sure i do between real unreal and false so he draw, draws a distinction between unreal and false um so those are the two things that i mentioned so you know and any any thoughts and comments on that would be wonderful
yeah vivek like like what i was saying right i think uh, uh, at the end of the day the uh, the karma is applicable only for the for the doer and when the person has has moved away from being a doer the karma and the results are not applicable to that person anymore so when when uh, you know all of us today we don't identify ourselves with brahman because there is only one brahman in all of us but we don't identify ourselves with that particular brahman today and that's where the struggle is when we identify then suddenly what happens is the karmas that have been accumulated for us that may need to fructify later on at a point of time in the future will no longer need to fructify at all but since like an arrow that has been shot it will have to take its course this particular body will continue to take the take the uh, take the course so if you have to suffer in this particular body if you have to meet with an accident or if you have to have uh, some disease or whatever you can you can all those things can happen it may not it may bother other people around that particular person but it may not bother that person at all you know i i i'm not uh, i'm not questioning that that the, the rationale behind that and that it happens what i'm saying is the fact that it or or you know the fact that we say it happens uh, since karas go from one to the other that is that shows that that indicates a master plan of some kind no it's not a master plan uh, vivek it's the point is so think about it this way let's say that you know i i i desire today to make a million dollars okay and if the desire is strong enough then i will work towards making that desire happen is that logical explanation for us to accept it at this stage yeah. okay now if my inner 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 being has desired that i'm going to gain experience abc why do you think that it is not going to be possible for us to gain those circumstances to to make those experience happen you no know, i i have i have no quarrel with that that that's so 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 that is not in question um i'm i'm just talking about you know the fact of something all of this that we are talking about maya being unreal or false and i'm not sure about the distinction between the two there is apparently a distinction between unreal and false um i mean i can give examples on what might be unreal what what what's what's false but but also if you say the witness consciousness is uh, non acting non judgmental yeah um it, that that doesn't appear to be the case because there is an element of action and and possibly judgment in shifting karmas from or sanskaras from one birth to the next birth uh, or allocating as as alpana said those karmas to people who are left behind so um so i can take an attempt at it so one is actually there are there are actually two levels of reality but for our purpose we use actually three levels of reality so one is the absolute reality in which this brahman exists only brahman exists and it is nirvikar so it doesn't go through any modification it doesn't do anything it doesn't plan anything there's nothing that's happening there so that's the absolute reality and then there is this transactional reality if you have to uh, relate to an example that rope is the absolute reality the snake which appears on it is the transactional reality sure, sure, sure. yeah so now is the rope is the rope poisonous because you can see a, a snake in it no nothing happens to the rope is rope doing anything to 
make it appear like a snake no so the snake is appearing because of ignorance snake doesn't exist so that's why the three things you were saying were the truth uski satta hai uski existence hai so there's it has an existence but there is okay. no pratiti pratiti needs to you can only perceive something when there's a difference seer seer is different from the seen okay all right then false is jiski na satta hai na pratiti hai it doesn't have existence and you can't even see it so they give example of um uh, horns of rabbit rabbits don't have horns so so that's the that's the uh, false it talks about but the mithya thing is uski satta nahi hai sirf pratiti hai so it doesn't so really exist but it's a projection and that's why it's related to always like a movie it's a play but the play is not random the play has causation in it and that's why we have this karma and this thing but if you look at in reality there are only two satta so like our dreams like seeing this snake in the rope it is pratibhasik or illusionary re- reality even the transactional reality is illusionary reality and there is one absolute reality so you're saying that, that that design is in mithya is is in maya that's in all in maya so it's not there is no that much par this the one it says mat par that much mein tum parayan karo that much mein is brahman not as a krishna he is not saying it as krishna wherever he says mujko he talks about the supreme reality and even in this in the transactional reality what it is trying to say it is not god who is making the the choices it is based upon your own karma that it is getting driven but that causality appears and causality is part of maya i'll give you another example of vivek to make this uh, a little bit more confusing okay not clear <laughs> i don't <Okay>. need that <laughs> so you know when you look up at the sky this is what is the sky's color blue right now what is what is the color of the water on the in the ocean blue now where did the water get its color from it reflects the sky but does the sky actually have it have have the blue color It you does know, not. I, I, those examples are okay, Rajesh. I mean, I I get that. You know, the 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 essence of the wave is water, and you know, the essence of the soul, or or the body is is witness consciousness. That's that's fine. Uh, but I'm just talking about that. I I think I think I you know the way Alpna explained it sort of. I I need to dwell on that a little bit more too, yeah. uh, because I was thinking that you know sanskaras are. um uh, the fact that sanskaras leave what we mean know to be the real world which is also part of mithya understood so so um i i i need to dwell on what what both of you have just said a little bit and i think it'll it'll fall into okay. place okay. but thanks for that yeah we like uh, one way i understand that is uh, just to it's like uh, you know we are waking state right when you are dreaming um you go to a different identity right sometimes the same age in a different city a different age uh when you are in the dream we don't understand 
we are in a different state right we are part of the dream but when you wake up you realize that is a different identity this is a different identity uh, similarly so all this duality exists so what the understanding is that there is one more awakening which is enlightenment that happens once you get to that point then the du- duality stops happening right so that's i think alpana's example she said dream within a dream uh, that's one way i kind of understand this concept uh, that ties into what alpana just said the ultimate reality and the multiple realities so whatever we are experiencing that the kind of the causality that uh, duality that you perceive is a dream within the dream until that awakening happens that won't become an experience that's just how right. i understand it no thanks for that vp yeah i i have nothing to add to this uh, rajesh I, okay. i was going to say something previously but uh, that's we have moved on so it's okay go ahead you know we can bring back to the topic if that is no no no, no it's fine it's fine okay okay so you know i want to i want to go back on one question that shamala that you asked you know ever since you ever since you asked that question i'd been you know thinking about how to answer that question right the question is how do we accelerate the path that we are going on that was a question that you asked right actually the gita has that uh, there is a um, uh, there's a entire um, set of shlokas that that's mentioned but that will come at a later point of time but just to let you know i think krishna you mentioned you know meditation is one one step but actually gita says that there are three things that we have to do as individuals when uh, you know people who are not brahman right yagna dana tapa there are three things that it says actually yagna means you know in in the current parlance in the in the modern context karma yoga okay doing work for others right selfless service okay dana is donation okay time money and your knowledge donated and tapaha means you know like chaturmasa many other things that you can take and that was a gentle plug for chaturmasa sorry about that okay many many other things that you can take where you can actually uh, burn tapa tapa is meant to increase the heat or intensity to burn away some of those old samskaras you know for example japa comes in that japa comes under tapa japa is not if you do japa it's not that you know you'll become brahman what it means is that you think of that huge iceberg japa is basically melting the under the water part of the iceberg which is our subconscious mind all those vasanas it just goes away because all those thoughts that keep creating that swirling in the mind to create the new body that you need to experience that that's getting replaced by one one con- one concept that is japa which is the repetition of the uh, the name the name is got certain meaning and then over a period of time you graduate into no um, uh, uh, nirguna brahman that's that's these are the three things what it says if you want to accelerate you have to do these right and the other tapa is like you know in terms of uh, 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 wanting to uh, let's say you know you take a vow to say okay i'm going to speak only truth for the next 6 months 1 year 2 years then after a period of time what happens is your body will your body and mind will transition to becoming that as a new reality for you right so at the end of the day you know think of think of go back to the personality as defined by the uh, by the tattva bodha whatever right you know you have the um physical body you have the um, um the sense organs you have the mind you have the intellect then each one of them you can have quote unquote uh, a tapa an austerity that you can undertake on them right that's why some people you know for example you know, classic example which i never could understand when i was a kid was this santoshi mata ka vrat 
okay they will not eat tamarind i could never understand it but now it has become so easy for me to appreciate what they are trying to do they were only trying to hold on to their senses to something that they think is mostly they are dependent on right that's what they do they themselves don't know that but they do it for that reason that is tapaha so yajna dana tapaha these are the three things that you know gita will talk about it and uh, you know that's uh, that's that's how the whole structure is built about in terms of transformation transformation and acceleration of the pace so chaturmasa starts next month of chaturmasa starts on uh, august 20th Heard it, Rajesh. Loud and clear. Yeah, uh, Rajesh. One just uh, one question. You know, if uh, I mean, if we have to, I mean, as you are talking about the acceleration part, getting into that, and even if you study most of the Bhagavad Gita in the last, you know, it is understood that only by His grace Arjuna could see. You know, now I mean, the question of grace overtaking the effort. I mean, uh, uh, I mean, are we working for His grace, or grace is a thing without without uh, our effort as well? Alpana, repeat the answer that you had some time back. Uh, which one? I think the only one I remember at this point in time is that the grace is everywhere. I think you need to make the pra- patrata. Um, so uh, everything that's being said is to make the tea cup if you put it upside down you'll not get the tea inside it so you keep it up you keep it clean and it should be without holes otherwise it will not it will not hold it so the three things that you need to make the patrata and that is where that yagya dan and tap appears so that the grace is falling everywhere so i don't think there's dearth of space, uh, grace it is what we can we can receive but i do believe that without grace it is not possible you do need that grace to make that last the 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 last flip will happen only by grace because it cannot happen by body mind intellect so you do need that grace that's why they call that atma asva prakash so the grace of itself only then it will it'll yeah sorry go ahead kishore yeah another thing uh, so you know i was listening to the this conversation right and it it comes down to this in practical terms right when we go back to practical terms um it's like uh, we you know all this is still happening um you know okay what let me step back mainly that the mind has to be prepared in in other words it comes down to that right so what we can do is to prepare that uh, uh prepare the mind and be ready right is, is what is also saying which is then then that's when the you're ready to accept the grace so even though it is there everywhere um your mind is ready to um see it right otherwise even though it's around you don't see it is, is that what uh, is being said right so the efforts that we take whether it's accelerating or not what it doesn't matter but it's finally around how do you prepare the mind um so yeah and, and rajesh the, the three things that you mentioned are in many ways 
uh, in that direction, right? Even meditation is in the same, uh, towards the same, because meditation allows you to, gives you that ability to, to be aware, right? When in the previous verse, when they were, we, we spoke about pulling in the senses, what does that mean, right? First thing you need to do is to be aware that, hey, wait a minute, I am, I am agitated or I am disturbed. And then you can pull thing, uh, pull in back, right? We are not talking about the sitta pregna. I mean, obviously, for them, it's always there. But for the rest of us, it's uh, it's that uh, if the mind is already agitated, we are not going to be aware of what else is going on, right? So we need to have a certain degree of peace and contentment in the mind to be uh, and and to increase that so that we that awareness kicks in, right, and stays with us the whole day, right? So. Um, most of our efforts will go into preparing the mind, in other words. Yeah, agreed. And, and uh, Mahesh, just to add uh, to what uh, uh, Kishore was saying, right, you know, on the topic of grace, uh, I just, just yesterday when I was listening to Swami's uh, uh, Paramarthananda Ji, he actually talks about grace at three different levels, okay? And the grace at three different levels, you'll be, you'll be amazed at the insight what these people have uh, on how they interpret these things, right? He says, uh, the first grace is the grace of a guru. You know, the second grace is grace of the Shastra, the book or, or the scripture that you're reading. And the third grace is your own self, Atma. Atma, you know, that's the one that Kishore was talking about in some sense, I would say, right? Right. So he says, you know, the, most of the time, the guru is there to give, give. Okay, he'll explain in all that stuff. And the Shastras are there. It's there everywhere. And the Guru can interpret it for you and give it to you because each of the word is probably a very complex and it's like, it's like a key to a big lock, right? And someone has to open that and that's the Guru. But the point is, are we ready to grace ourselves to say, okay, I want to understand this. Are we preparing ourselves? So he says 99% of the time, the problem is we don't want to grace our, our own selves, which is... Kishore, what you're explaining, you know, we are not preparing ourselves adequately enough that the lock can be opened. So if we prepare ourselves, it will open. That's what he meant. Though I do, do feel that sometimes trying to prepare ourselves, we are actually obstructing it as well. If we can surrender, we don't need to do anything. So then we just take ourselves out of the equation. So yeah. then it can just turn as is. No, that's a big gift, right? Because at the end of the day, the identity is somewhere else and then you're preparing yeah. yourself to move there. Correct. So if we can surrender, yes. I think. Yeah. I, I think there are multiple approaches. I, I call that the uh, top-down approach. <laughs> they, I think we are, we are mostly in the bottoms-up approach where uh, we are, you know, making an effort to change um, or prepare our mind or, uh, or purify the mind. So that is the bottoms-up approach. But then I think at some point, both of them need to meet. Okay. Actually, on that, to add to that, Swami P has a very nice example. Like, so the Brahman God, Ishwara has a test. Who will I select for uh, moksha? And it has to be an impartial text because if the God does it based on gender, race, religion or country or something, then it's not a real supreme being. So the, the test that God came up with is, whoever chooses me, I will choose you. Interesting. That is a good one. <laughs> That's a good one. I think for this for this sadhana, three words are very important. Dharya, Samarpan, and Nirantarta. So dharya is patience. 
and samarpan is surrender and nirantarta is without any break so you have to constantly be in that so ramakrishna paramhans he says vyakul you need to have that vyakulta constantly vyakulta is that intense desire to to be <laughs> to be that self that's the only that's desire that's the mummukshukta one right yes yeah so, so it all goes back to sadhana system basically exactly all, exactly as, yeah. as you guys were talking i was all i could think yeah. is this is all sadhana system what do you think of it there, Sadhan Chatushta is actually the prerequisite to reading all the Gyana as well. <laughs> I know. So, so after so... Sadhan Sadhan Chatushta, you need to do these three things: have patience, oh, I see. Okay. and surrender, and have nirantarta in that mumukshutva. Yeah, just as Krishna, you explained, you know, how will God do an impartial test, right? since you're talking of sadhana chatushta and it's fresh in my mind i'm just sharing this yesterday i was again listening to swami uh, p and he says uh, in vivek chudamani it actually says okay uh, shankaracharya describes sadhana chatushta and then the next question by the disciple is okay four is too tough for me tell me what is the one thing that i need to take okay then shankaracharya's answer is mumukshutvam okay then he says okay mumukshutvam is fine what is the next that i should take okay vairagyam what is the next i should take shamadamade what is the last that i should take viveka the order is completely different that is shankara's prioritization for us because if you get vivek all will automatically follow so if you are trying to put in effort to do something then you do in that order but if you get vivek everything will follow you don't need to do anything else that's why it is considered to be the actually if you have to just choose one okay what do i want from god give me vivek then then the others will follow so we have vidya we have vivek in our group we have to get it now All right. Should we move on from Stitha Pragya, or are we going to be, um, you know, strongly holding on and being Stitha Pragya Stitha here? Stitha Pragya. <laughs> no, I, I think Ajay, what I was thinking is, you know, one 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 thought when came off when uh, Alpana was telling on surrendering. Now, I mean, the question of surrendering is losing identity. You know, so again, you know, the, you are. getting only after one loses their identity uh, i mean it's uh, surrendering looks so simple when we talk you know uh, when we talk uh, when we read the text we say surrender myself i'll get everything you the concept of surrendering is uh, actually the whole process i think what you explained uh, uh, getting ready and this and that uh, but uh, still i mean is there anything which uh, which uh, i mean in, in parallel to bhakti and uh, knowledge surrendering is it different i'm just thinking about it yeah i think you should watch this movie yes man he surrenders to the concept of saying yes to everything <laughs> in that it's not a great movie but you should watch it
we do practice surrender but only after putting in all effort from our side the trick is to do it as the first step at last minute we will say acha ab jo bhagwan karega we don't say it in the beginning right <laughs> we say no i can do it when I mean, that's what dropati did right first she called everybody else finally called krishna and krishna helped so if that surrender can be brought forward and that doesn't mean that the efforts will go away but surrendering and then the body mind will automatically keep working as well that's the beauty of it and that's the balance that is different a uh, difficult right you know we, we also say you can't just put everything on god you have to do your own bit and how much is that bit is what i think we keep uh, kind of extended for a longer time you know yeah i can do it no this is not just this much and maybe a little more kind of stuff before we start to say okay now it's it, whatever you know whatever happens is um, it will happen you know what i mean i think that 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 bit of judgment and of course a thought of action is what you, you can do and result is not in your hands right and, and that vivek is started to come now but otherwise why do we really work so hard i think there are conflicting messages right you can't just put a dia in an open space and you know expect god to really protect it you have to do your own bit kind of things get drilled down into you so we have to be feel yes we have to do our bit and how much to do and i think that becomes a bit of an extension of individual's uh, judgment does that make sense so yes. it, it it doesn't immediately you know occur with occur to us saying you know let's surrender no there is some amount that we have to put in but how much is where i think each of us kind of spin at what point in time we we say that yes you you've done your bit of effort which you can your confidence is enough i think surrender that's why i was trying to say that it doesn't mean ki tum haath pe haath rakh ke baith jao so surrender has to come along with the effort effort not and that's where it's saying that effort is not expecting the results but it will it will happen you'll still do it but you surrender like yeah, yeah it, it's a, it's it's not the last recourse alpana if you if i were to understand you are not the last recourse it's a parallel thing that you will have to have parallel thread in your mind that you need to have while you're doing your efforts actually it's not even parallel i would say you surrender it and then again it goes back that the body and mind will keep working so it's not that i am doing it but it's getting done kind of a thing so i can't can't even say it parallel <laughs> got it got it yeah basically at the end of the day you got to shift your identity yes <laughs> yeah the, the way kind of a the baseline i at least uh, practice uh, is when we um, do act right when we act with surrender as an underlying uh, context or the frame we won't have stress Uh, that's the scale i have right whether i'm acting from a context of surrender or i'm acting i am intellectually surrendering but not surrendering fully so when my actions have an aspect of my inner space has stress or anxiety there is an action coming up uh, then it is not from pure context of surrender that's how i can at least personally measure 
uh, whether where the context is coming from. But I agree with Alpana, action has to be there. That's, I mean, a lot of, I think, unfortunately, many people equated surrender to inaction. Uh, that's, uh, that's sad. That's kind of why, just personally, I just use that scale for how my inner space is when the body is moving. Well articulated, Dan, uh, uh, Dan, I'm using your <laughs> muku. Uh, I think what I wanted to add was that another thing is surrender also means that there is a task that needs to be done. Whether I do it or somebody else does it, somebody needs to do it in the situation, right? So, so that takes away at any given situation, see what needs to be done. If somebody else is doing, that is fine. If I'm doing, that is fine. It doesn't matter who's doing it. That takes away that identity piece. If you can see. Agreed. Yeah. So Ajay, I had a question. Go ahead, VP. So now what were the three things you said again? One was Samarpan, one was... Uh, um, Right. And nirantanta, meaning nirantarta. Like nirantarta, right? So where yeah. does where does killing ahankar comes in this equation? Which ahankar? No, killing ahankar or the identity, right? That is also one of the big things which most of the Gurujis talk about. Like especially if you go to that uh, Hide Manthan yeah. uh, series, that was a big takeaway for me to say that you have to kill your uh, ahankar, right? And that's so, Samarpan. In this, in this, yeah, but Samarpan is different, isn't it? Uh, or, I mean, to me, Samarpan is, yes, you are giving in completely to Guruji or, uh, or you know, in the, in the concept of the Brahman, etc. Yeah. But, uh, but in your day-to-day -day life also, you still have that sense of, I am in this mind and body, right? So part of it is just killing that also. Yeah, and that's where I was trying to highlight that some action needs to be done. Whether it gets done through I or somebody else doesn't matter. That's how you kill your ego. So it's more right. action-based. It's not based upon who's doing it. As long as it's getting done, it's fine. Otherwise, you, this body has to pick up because somebody has to do it. Uh, VP, um, I'll give an example, maybe. Uh, um, being a servant leader, like nowadays in project management, that's what they talk about. So it's like you need to get the whole work done, but it doesn't matter whether you're doing or somebody else is doing. But the work has to be done. And that's when you get rid of the ego. But going beyond that, when you get rid of the ego and really surrender, that's when you know you are going into the samarpan and always thinking of you know nirantar thinking of that that particular thing to complete the project in in case of any project or at work but when you come to this project of getting moksha right so you are you are basically every time thinking about yourself as that pure conscious or yourself as that god or whatever however you are thinking and that's what i think um, Alpna is bringing into the three things of don't be afraid, be have that dhairya, right? And once you have that dhairya, then you will have that, um, the idea of even being a servant leader or samarpan. You are the leader, but you are also servant, you know? And then 
that's when you will actually get into the uh, the, the daily thinking of or even a, a minute thinking of to mumukshitwam so that's how i see it maybe yeah um, yeah Yeah. You know, I'm no, relating no. that to what what I do at work, uh, and it's exactly same. I can I can just add to what Vidya you said, uh, right? VP, I think uh, you know if you go back and listen to the same discussion, what your question and what Alpana said and what Vidya said, with a slightly different definition of ego, right? Then I think it will all fall into place. Ego ego is not the English dictionary definition of what it is. English e- ego in this case, ahankar is what we're talking about, is that. self identity of what we are what we think who we are okay we may not 100% think that you know we are brahman if we think 100% then sita pragya done okay maybe 99% 98% 1% it doesn't matter what what it is that scale that is where our sense of identity is so that's where you know when 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 alpana said that okay the work needs to get done but not by the individual what she's trying to say is that get rid of that sense of identity of who needs to do the work i i liked what what she said the way that she put it yeah And no no i i i thought my question was slightly different uh, what i was trying to understand is in that uh, trinity of next stage beyond mm-hmm. sadhana profession where does the concept of uh killing your ahamkar or ahankar comes how does it fit into that so i was Samar, just talking Samar about Samar. conceptually rather than yeah some yeah Samar so part. that's yeah. that's why i was right yeah. now now i understand yeah it, it's falling in that kind of bucket yeah uh so yeah rajiv you've raised your hand sorry we had to make yeah, you yeah no 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 worries at all see uh, according to me i'll you know 100% effort is a prerequisite of surrender 100% effort is a prereq for surrender and i'll just say how i i feel it that when you can tell to god you know i have done what i could everything i've given it 100% of what i have but i know from my first hand experience that there is very little correlation between effort and result if you can say that you know that i know from my first hand experience that there is very little correlation i have given it my 100% i really need you to save me and you have done it in the past when i least deserved it and most needed it when you can say that you know that you've been there i did, i needed you i did not deserve it you bailed me out i have done my best up to you i think that's the kind of uh, you know equation <laughs> you know that this is the destruction of ahankar doership you know this and that yaar maine to kar liya so that's what i wanted to say beautiful rajiv i would say just flip it around and say i surrendered yeah. to you first and then say whatever needs to be done get it done through this bind our body beautiful so alpana what i'm saying is that yes absolutely so after you've done two three cycles of effort and failed miserably but then when you did not put in effort and you got saved then you can sort of come to you know then you can put the horse before the cart and they say boss surrender se shuru kar lo yaar don't reinvent the wheel <laughs> well said raji absolutely So, uh, fortunately you know we are using the word wheel which means we got to move forward rather than be a be stitha pragna at this point of time 
Okay, uh, 7.25. Any last thoughts on Sthita Pragna before we just discuss what, what we're going to discuss for the next GD? Yeah, I want to say something here. In fact, I was reading a story of uh, my Sharda Devi. Uh, you know, once they get established in Sita Pragna, uh, it seems it's they leave the body. I mean, I mean, they don't have the identification of the body and they leave the body and they can leave the body as well. You know, so uh, I mean, if they don't have the identification of the body, then how will they come back and uh, work in a normal world? This is the question which I had in my mind. And uh, the answer gave there was very simple. It seems they deliberately have an attachment, you know, like for example, Ram Krishna had an attachment for Rasgullas. It was a deliberate attempt for him to come back to the normal stage, it seems. And even Ma Sharda Devi is attached to a small girl. I don't, I forgot the name, you know. So, I mean, she is deliberately attached uh, to that uh, baby so that she comes to the normal stage to work in the body and mind complex. You know, and it is understood that before she was departing her body, uh, the child was, she she didn't even care for the child. Itself. That means the disciples knew that uh, she would be passing up soon, today or tomorrow. You know, I mean, I mean, I mean this is one thing which I thought I'll tell uh, so that it can help identify how a Stita Pragna can really work on. Very nice. Beautiful. All right. So, um... With that, I was just looking at the next set of shlokas that we should cover. Um, this is my favorite set of shlokas. I think I did a presentation also on this on this in in, in the last uh, um, in a presentation series. Uh, so 62, 63, 64, 65. These four, I think we should take it together as one bucket. And then we'll probably discuss that. Seems, seems four shlokas, but I think it's fairly... Uh, uh, you know, easy to, you know, connect all four of them together if you take it together. I think just two things from Swami SPG's lectures, which I liked, he had mentioned. One was, two biggest disappointments in life are not getting what you want is the first disappointment. And the second one is getting what you want. Well said. <laughs> that seems like like they say it's a gypsy curse, right? Like when gypsies bless, they say, may you get what you want. Then they'll say, may you want what you get. <laughs> a gypsy double curse. Yeah. And then the second one was, it's actually very nature that we will not be happy and fulfill, and we'll not be happy by fulfilling desires. Basically, nature promises a lot more than it gives. So that you keep desiring more and more. That's the nature's way. <laughs> so those are the two things, yeah, you know, which stuck out, you know, during these lectures from Swami SPG. Did I write anything else? So biggest disappointment is what, Alpana? Getting what you want and not getting what you want. Yeah. So first one is not getting what you want. You are obviously disappointed. You wanted that. But the second biggest disappointment is actually getting what you want. <laughs> Beautiful. Nice. All right. Should we conclude with a prayer?
सर्वे 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 ुभ्यो नम हरि ओ Thank you. Thank you so much, everyone. Enjoy yeah. the rest of your day. Thank you. See you next weekend. Thank next you. weekend. Thank next you. weekend. I am not here. I am traveling. So, Alpana, I request you to please uh, lead the session. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.